When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Very often, the main things that happen in life are things that you just didn't plan for. I mean, they just happen. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Live Through That, the podcast where influential artists of the 80s and 90s talk to us about a pivotal moment in their lives. I'm your host, Mike Hipple, and this week I'm pleased to welcome the legendary Colin Newman to the show. Colin formed the influential band Wire in 1976, and in 1977 they released Pink Flag. Pink Flag would go on to influence countless post-punk and new wave fans. Wire is famous for never looking backwards, always creating something new and exciting with each new release. Today, Colin tells us about how his relationship with his own catalog and music in general shifted during something which affected all of us, the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, there have been various times in my life where things happened, and in hindsight, you can see that it changed the course of my life but actually I'm going to choose something which I think a lot of people will choose and that is the COVID pandemic because it changed a lot of people's lives and it changed a lot of people's lives in very different and very specific way and it changed my life in very different and specific ways and uh, I'm definitely not the same person I was in 2019 and I don't think I'm on a similar trajectory at all. If you look at the period 2010 to 2020, this was a a concerted effort on my part to bring WIRE to a place uh, where it was properly viewed as a contemporary band. I mean, we'd had the Send album that came out in 2003, but in a typical act of, um, you know, sort of WIRE, um, self naval gazing or whatever you might want to call it. I mean, uh, we managed to drive the bus off the cliff, you know, so it all had to be put back together again. And uh, we had something that was movable by uh, 2010. And in the period 2010 to 2020, there was a period of positive development for the band. You know, we created what you would call contemporary wire and uh but also in terms of the band as a business uh we were able to make money out of it on a fairly continuous level but um what happened is two things happened in 2020 and one was the obvious thing which is the pandemic everybody had to stop i mean why i was literally on tour 
um, in North America. And, uh, you know, we started the tour playing to full audiences by the time we came to what turned out to be the last dates, 50% of the audience was not turning up. And, uh, you know, physically what stopped it was the governor of Massachusetts saying, you know, no more events over a certain size and you know we would we would have been traveling to a sold out show in boston that you know, we were way over what was allowed so um and it just became obvious we had to come home um i literally got home um i got in the door uh malka said you know you know clean down your luggage and uh i kind of sort of you know, sort of de- decompressed. And four days later, we were in lockdown. I mean, it was boom. It was a complete change of circumstance. But something else happened at the same time, which is a, a longer story. And that was Pink Flag, which is Wise Label, which I run the acquisition of the 70s catalogue. Uh, this was a piece of uh, a concerted effort on my part. And a combination between that and some very good luck. What it meant was that in 2017, September 2017 to be precise, Wire became the de facto owners of its own classic catalogue. Now, there were a lot of expenses around that. And, uh, you know, there was, you know, the cost of buying it, there was the cost of manufacturing, the things that we released because of it and then because the original plan for 2020 was quite a big one and we had two releases so second half of 2019 you know we were manufacturing for two releases in 2020 so all of those things didn't really unwind until may 2020 but from may 2020 the circumstances the financial circumstances around the band basically changed and changed forever i think I don't think a lot of people outside of the industry and even a lot of artists don't really understand what's happened with classic catalogue and streaming. Classic catalogue has become the mainstay of streaming. Yeah, there's the big artists, uh, but outside of the the obvious big artists, there is also, um, because if you say go back five years to look at Spotify or some, you know, one of the other services, you're really talking about the type of person who would be consuming that would be it's kind of the crate digger type of person. You know, oh, I've never heard this band. Yeah, I hear this, and they would understand implicitly that wow, I only have to pay five quid a month for this. Yeah, that's great, and I can hear any music I want, and. This somehow t- in the last few years, and I think accelerating with the pandemic, suddenly became a mainstream product when ordinary people thought, oh, yeah, so I, mean, I don't have to get those records out or my CDs out. I can just listen to this music and I can have it on my phone. And, oh, look, they've got Rolling Stones. <laughs> and, I mean, that is literally... When you engage a mainstream audience with anything to do with music, they'll choose the things that they know. It's just, it's an inevitability. So on a scale with, you know, you know the kind of Rolling Stones and Neil Young and whatever at the top, and someone you've never heard of at the bottom who's had zero streams on Spotify, 
there's a there's a fertile middle ground and quite a way up there in the long tail sit wire Myers 70s catalog is and remains popular you know within you know it's not as popular as other as other things but it's certainly popular enough to generate income and to generate it's not life-changing amounts of money but most bands in that sort of middle area they basically rely on putting out an album every couple of years and doing a bit of touring around it and they sort of muddle through somehow financially and and that's kind of how why we're managing and now we don't actually have to do that and that combined with the fact that you couldn't for two years has created a very different circumstances and then something else happened <laughs> at the same time and that's that's a that's another development which is that um during that last tour of america um, we took the decision, actually it was Matthew from Wise Idea, that everyone we would take it in turns to DJ before each performance of Wise, so a different member of the band would DJ. I mean, it's a it's a typical Matt idea. It was like, how can you, you know, so often with support bands, um, unless you get one that's really, really good, um, it, it, the audience are turned off by them. And... You know, I mean, it's a sort of, you know, you don't what we 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 we've over the years with Wire really tried hard not to have endless like here's the local post punk band because there's just only so much kind of a certain kind of tone that people can take. You don't want them bored by the time they've got to you. So the idea of the of the band keeps it keeps it all in house. It's a very it's a kind of neat idea, and it's sort of woke up in me something which had been around quite a long time i mean like malka and i have dj'd at various points in the past um we've even had a radio show in the past and uh i started when when i got back i thought oh you know it's like it was really good we 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 we, malka and i before the tour had sat down and chosen a bunch of stuff that i could choose as a to play from so that had a kind of a record a virtual record bag and uh that kind of started the process and then we in the really in the deepest lockdown we were walking out and we took a slightly different route to the one that we normally would take walking and we met a friend of ours who was literally out putting out his recycling a guy called daniel and and daniel was uh, is very much involved with the cultural scene here in brighton specifically also with radio and we kind of knew that there was that, that we're putting a new station together. And I sort of mentioned to him that, you know, I'd done this DJ and wouldn't it be great to have a radio show? And half an hour later, we had a radio show, weekly radio show. And it was like, oh, all right, what just happened there? And we had no idea exactly what it was, <laughs> what it would entail. That was in the May by, you know, the July we had, we were kind of ready and we did, we did our first show so July, 2020, and we've done a weekly show ever since. And that has completely changed my attitude and feeling towards music. I mean, when I was a kid, I was a really mad music fan. I was always known as the one that knew 
I knew all the bands. I knew who was who. I knew what was good. I knew who did, what the best albums were, what the best tracks on the best albums were. It was that kind of nerdy person that kind of knew all that stuff. And then when you get involved with a band and then the day-to-day running of it and, you know, you're kind of very fixed on your own self, you have to, you can't, there isn't space to be that level of fan. You know, I think a lot of people in bands like to kind of pretend that they're big fans of music, but, you know, there's an awful lot of, like, you know, it's all about me, really. Um, And it felt like, well, we couldn't really do anything in terms of making music or making touring or whatever. I mean, Wire was definitely off the table, but even Immersion, which is Malka and I, we couldn't really, we did one show, um, which was a very special kind of um, socially distanced thing. But but basically, you know, ev- everything to do with touring, all that was completely off the car. We didn't meet anybody. We didn't go anywhere, but we had this radio show. And then we thought, well, we could reach out to people as well. Why don't we have our friends on the show? Our friends might live anywhere in the world. They might live in LA. They might be in Tokyo. They might be wherever. And so we started doing that on a on a weekly basis. I mean, it, there is. I mean, you do a podcast, so you understand that there is a discipline to these things, and to to produce something to a weekly timetable is quite a lot of work. But you kind of have this sense of, of that you're serving the wider music community. Uh, we live in Brighton. Brighton is a very, very interesting music city in Britain. Um, it's It boxes way above its weight in terms of the size of the city and is has, over the years, developed a really strong scene here. Um, and uh, Slack City, the radio station that we broadcast on, it, it's an actual broadcast show as a uh, yeah, it's all on the internet. Everything's always on the internet, but you know, it was important to me that we had a broadcast show that people listened to it in real time, that people could tune in and discover it, even if they had no idea who we were or whatever. And it's it's been a, a fantastic and interesting growing experience, and certainly has completely changed my relationship to music i don't know if it's changed my attitude to music it's changed my relationship with music i definitely have a different relationship i know much more about what's going on with music now i know much more about stuff that's gone in the last 10 years that i'd completely missed and it the show's not just about new music but it's a it's a kind of a fascinating thing and uh yeah this is what i feel that One's life, I mean, you can plan. I'm quite good at planning. I have, you know, I can make quite long-term plans. But very often, the main things that happen in life are things that you just didn't plan for. I mean, they just happen. And it's like by my life has kind of stumbled towards this direction. And, and in a way, I am lucky enough to be able to say, okay, well, let's see where that goes and let's see what happens. 
The beginning of the pandemic was filled with a lot of unease and confusion about what was happening, what we should be doing, when is this going to end. But even in all the chaos, there were some benefits to life slowing down during the spring of 2020. Colin found himself working on new music and reconnecting with that alongside his wife, Malka Spiegel. It was amazing because what also happened was the weather was awesome. That spring was beautiful. And, I mean, during the May, we would be walking out... uh, where we live, we live 10 minutes walk from the sea, but also 10 minutes walk from the downs. The downs are a particular British kind of parlance, meaning upland. I know, how can upland be down? Well, it is. Okay, and you get up, you can get up on the top there and you have fields and there are skylarks nesting in the fields. And at that time, there were no cars, there were no planes, and you can't see any any dwellings of any kind, you know, you could have gone back a thousand years. All you hear is the, you know, the sound of the skylarks and the wind blowing across your ears. I mean, it was absolutely magical. And we were actually working on a record. Um, uh, we put out last year something called Nanocluster Volume 1. This is a, it's a bit of a complex story, but... Um, Malka and I have had an event in Brighton for the past few years, a very occasional event, where we collaborate with another artist. Um, I'll try and keep it short. Uh, we we work here in this studio together with another artist, and we make a bunch of material, and then we perform that live together. And that's completely new material that nobody has ever heard before as part of, of an event. And the original plan, we'd done four of these over a period of three or four years. And uh, the plan was to then, during 2020, was to bring all the artists back here and then we would work on the tracks together. And, of course, we realised that was not possible to do. So we finished the album between us, just the two of us. We just made the album. And that was a very interesting experience because... Although we've worked together, Malka and I, for for many years, we'd never really mixed and finished an album together. And it was an amazing experience. Just everything about everything about that period, that spring and summer of 2020, was just magical. When I look back at it, it's just... We didn't have to do anything. We did everything that we wanted to do. And the weather was beautiful. The one thing you must never do, especially as an old, older artist, is become a comedy version of yourself. But, I mean, in the, in the end, you, can't, you shouldn't be any version of yourself. You should just be yourself. I mean, I am who I am. And I, I confound many people's expectations about who I am and, and what kind of person I am and what I'm interested in. I mean, there, there will be definitely people who listen to our radio and show and can't stand it because we play music they hate. Because people like to put you in a box. So, they, they, you know, I'm sort of some post-punk person. Actually, post-punk is probably my least favourite kind of music. We we play, uh, between us, a very, very wide range of musical styles because it's what we like. Everything from, 
you know, modern classical to the latest TikTok star. And, you know, we don't play by genre. It's not, it's curated by aesthetic. So we will, we will tend towards having things which have certain kinds of characteristics in order to, to keep the mix interesting rather than saying, oh, yeah, we want to, what's the latest record of this genre? Uh, because genre is so boring. It's just, it's marketing. Thank you to Colin for taking the time to share your story. His radio show with his wife, Malka, Swimming in Sound, is still running and new episodes are out every Wednesday. Check the links on the show page to find out how to listen. I also want to thank the band Jeep Jeep for creating our theme song. You can find out more about their music at jeepjeepmusic.com. And a friendly reminder that you can also buy my book on 80s musicians and where they are today, 80s Redux, and its sequel on 90s artists, Live Through That, wherever you buy your books. And if you like this show, please subscribe so you'll know when the latest episode comes out. You can also follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Mike Hipple Photo, all one word. Thanks for listening. We'll have more stories next week. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.